When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Art of Charm, I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. This show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some killer free ebooks as well as drills and exercises that'll help you become more charismatic and confident by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com/toolbox. That's where you'll get the fundamentals of dating and attraction such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, all that stuff that's more important than you might think. We've got boot camps running every single month here in California. Details at theartofcharm.com, and I'm looking forward to meeting all of you guys here at The Art of Charm. Enjoy. Hey, guys. Welcome back. This is a Toolbox episode that's been requested about a million times. Vocal tonality. How do I talk? How should I sound when I talk? How loud should I be when I talk? What kind of tonality I should have when I talk? And, you know, as broadcasters, AJ and I have experience working on our voice, editing our voice, hearing it from other people's perspectives because it's on the radio, it's coming through the podcast, it's coming through other people are quoting us, things like that. So we've learned a lot about how we sound and it's it starts off awkward, but it helps you in the long run. Just like the video work we do on our programs and our boot camps where you see yourself on camera and you go, that was horrible, but I needed it. Um, vocal tonality can really be something that people struggle with and unfortunately most people have no idea when theirs is crap. Yeah, and we're going to give you some tips and tricks for uh, later on in the show here to help you with your tonality. But honestly, one of the easiest ways to figure it out is to record yourself. Record a phone conversation between you and a friend, and you'll be able to see very quickly if you speak authoritatively, dominantly, or if you tend to be submissive. And we can get into all that here in a bit. I, I think this this Nietzsche, or Nietzsche, as a lot of people say, Nietzsche quote, we often refuse to accept an idea merely because the tone of voice in which it has been expressed is unsympathetic to us. Now, he was probably talking about the wording and other things along with that, but we're going to steal it and use it for what we mean, which is a lot of times people simply won't follow your lead if they question it. If you question yourself, that shows up in your vocal tonality. And a lot of things that you think about yourself relative to other people, which is like your social value, your level of confidence, trustworthiness, all those things are subcommunicated by accident and your vocal tonality. So it's very, very tough, and it's very easy for somebody who's trained to read it as well. And honestly, we have so many guys asking us, what do you say, what do you say, what do you say, and get so focused on the words. We ourselves at times can get so focused on the words. But at the Art of Charm, what we pride ourselves on is that we look at the holistic approach, right? We look at our body language, what that's communicating, and then how we're saying those words is just as important than the, as the words themselves. A lot of times we can say things exactly using the same words that you are, 
but have more meaning behind them in our passion, in our tonality. So it's very important that we realize that tonality does play a key role in, in motivating people to help you, uh, motivating people to get in a relationship with you, and also in your workplace in terms of being able to move up and be successful. You need to have people following your lead and, and willing to recognize you as a leader. And a lot of times in, in those moments where we aren't being leaders, it's our tonality that's failing us. Absolutely. And a lot of people are going, what is vocal tonality? And obviously it's a mix of different things, but really important is the pitch, the rate of speech, and the volume of your voice. There's a lot more to it than that. Pausing, cadence, all those things come into play. But it, as AJ, as you mentioned, you know it's, it's important because it bypasses your logical brain and speaks directly to that emotional brain. And you, you can't argue with your own emotions. It's very, very difficult. That's why crazy people be crazy because they can't argue with their emotions. So it's in that way, it's like body language for your words in that it subcommunicates a lot about you and that it's read by others even when you don't intend to communicate that sentiment that you're communicating. Uh, and there's that study that everyone quotes and it's like the words are 8% and body language is 60% and vocal tonality is 30%. Now that study has been butchered and mished up all over the place and even we've used it and there's a pie chart that's probably inaccurate floating around on the internet somewhere but to be honest it really does sort of embody – it really does embody the idea that the vocal tonality is much more important than the content, the words, the, the intellectual content of what you're saying. And and on a more practical level, if you're interacting with people during the day and at night and trying to meet new people, if they can't hear you, you can't engage them. So if you can't be heard, you can't engage, and that's that's a problem. And, of course, now we've got you know dominant versus submissive vocal tonality. Right. A, a lot of guys ask right off the bat, you know, well, I want to be more successful. What what do I need to do with my tonality? And, and really there's, there's two different types of tonality in your voice that come across, and there's dominant and submissive. So dominant is the most – confident obviously it leads to people um, following your lead and actually listening to you and engaging your audience and a lot of people get this confused right they think of dominant as like screaming right. yelling being douchebag being the fake alpha that a lot of guys ascribe to but really dominance doesn't have anything to do with volume necessarily it's more in your pitch so it's speaking at a lower pitch and also it's your cadence right when we tend to not know what we want to say or feel unconfident in certain situations our pitch rises and we talk fast so a lot of what we work on in class with the guys especially in the banter phase of the beginning where we want to truly engage right we're walking over someone to engage them for the first time is slowing down and even on the podcast, if you guys go back to the original episodes, you'll notice that we ourselves have corrected this and become more dominant in our speech pattern. By simply slowing down and using pauses confidently, we can convey words in a much more meaningful way. Uh, so that means a lack of hesitation. Now, what do I mean by hesitation? That's the uhs, the ums, right. the likes, right? And and we ourselves have practiced quite a bit cutting these out. And as Jordan will tell you in editing these episodes in the very beginning, it probably took three times as long as it does now simply because we were using a lot of those filler words. But filler equals hesitation and hesitation leads other people to one – lose your train of thought completely or two, feel like you don't truthfully know what you're talking about. 
Now, the opposite of that coin, submissive, is as it sounds. It's weak. It's insecure. It's less engaging. And obviously, when we're meeting strangers or when we're communicating at work, we want to be engaging. Engagement is what's ultimately going to get what we want out of our words. So that may be a variety in your pitch, but typically it ends high, right? When you think of like a question, when you ask a question, you really? end it on a high <laughs> note. And the perfect example for you guys at home to think about this is these are two scenarios that we've all encountered, right? We've been in class and the high school teacher asks us a question that we know the answer to, right? Your hand shoots up and you're ready to blurt out that answer with such a firm tonality with confidence without hesitation, right? That's dominant in, in essence. The opposite of that is those moments in high school where maybe you were – daydreaming, you were doodling, you zoned out, or maybe truthfully you didn't know the answer, but you got called on. Remember how you started to stumble over your words and your pitch was kind of wandering and probably ended up on a high note, even if you weren't asking a question, sort of like, I hope that's right. Please may that be right. So I don't get made fun of or called out for it, right? When you talk in that tonality, what you're conveying is ultimately insecurity. And and in that moment, you probably were insecure, right? You didn't know the answer. The problem with sounding weak is that it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're weak, but it does come from that subconscious communication, and, and you can't just turn it off without practice, which is a problem. And in our role as men, as leaders, and women's role to follow leaders, they're going to feel most comfortable when we're leading, and we need to lead through our tonality. So whether it's getting a phone number, whether it's setting up a date, whether it's asking your boss for a promotion or a raise, in those moments, those are crucial that you have dominant tonality in your voice. Absolutely. Speaking slow, utilizing pauses, adding passion to your tonality when communicating are all important. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get back to the show. How do we have good tonality 
It's that loud but calm demeanor, right? So the volume is not overpowering. We're not just using volume only to get someone's attention. We're also using a calm demeanor by not changing the cadence, the rhythm of the voice essentially, or the tonality needlessly, right? If you listen to our show and you watch the audio waves, you're not going to see too many peaks and valleys. It's going to be pretty even keel because we're talking about topics that we know a lot about and we're passionate about them. And I can tell you that if you look at the things in life you're most passionate about, whether it's comics or video games or sports, and you have a conversation with your friends, odds are you're talking in a dominant tonality in those situations. When we really start to get tripped up is when we're talking to women or higher-ups at work, right? People who hold a position of power that we perceive. And in those moments, we lack security in ourselves and maybe in our thoughts and end up raising our tonality needlessly. And I know from personal experience, that was one of my downfalls in, in my lab position at uh, in biology was I put so much emphasis on my higher-ups and my boss, especially because he was a world-renowned scientist, that I didn't speak with any sort of confidence in my voice. Even though I was presenting the same results as other people, my voice lacked the confidence that was really compelling and engaging him. And I remember at times even noticing him nodding out in some of my uh, lab meetings oh, wow. because of it. So it, it is really important. This is not only for obviously getting the girl, but this is important for communicating and engaging in a way that is meaningful in life. Absolutely. I mean, appropriate volume conveys confidence and dominance, but it's not the same thing as energy and animation. You know, a lot of guys are like, I'm going to go to the bar and be spazzy and weird. And I know that's a mean word in the UK, but in the US, it's fine. You're just going to be like a super goofy, like, and that's fine if that's your personality. But if you're turning into some kind of coked out clown when you go out, that's not the same thing as having appropriate volume to convey the, what you want to convey. Um, a lot of people are too soft. They get tuned out. If you've got a TV in a sports bar and you can't quite hear it, you've got to strain to hear it. It doesn't make it easy, and people are lazy, especially if you have no value. You're approaching a girl you know, for the first time. Maybe you don't have the social value set up that you would want. She's not necessarily going to struggle to hear you. She might be polite in the beginning, but then she's just going to give up, especially if you're in a loud environment. That is not going to help you engage. Again, if they can't hear you, you can't engage them. Now, on the other hand, if you're too loud, you get tuned out because you're trying hard and you're being needy, and that shows a lack of confidence. And everybody's seen that obnoxious guy or girl who is laughing loud and being loud in, in the bar or the restaurant. And, and everyone thinks it's annoying because it's so clear that that person just wants attention. Exactly. It grates on you, and you're the most annoying person in the whole venue. It's obnoxious. Now, let's talk about developing the perfect tonality because I know, Jordan, you spent a lot of time working on this, developing the radio voice. Yeah. Um, there's something that I call – there's no technical term for it as, as far as I know, but there's something called the necklace of tension. And essentially, it's, it's your neck, your traps, which are the muscles between your neck and your shoulders and your shoulders and a little bit of your upper back, which is essentially the same thing as your traps, your trapezius. And you've got to relax this. You've got to force your shoulders to relax. It can be tough. Even things like meditation will help with this. A lot of people carry their stress in their shoulders. They carry their stress in their traps and their neck. That's a problem for a lot of us that work at computers and things like that all day. And the problem is that negatively affects your vocal tonality. So you've really got to force that to relax. And that'll help you move your voice into your chest. And this will allow you to stay really, really loud, but also very, very relaxed. Because as we know, one of our core concepts at The Art of Charm is that the mind follows the body. So you'll stay relaxed, but you will be powerful. So it's possible to be really, really loud without shouting, without grating on your throat. 
And shouting essentially is trying hard, which is needy. And if you've ever come back from a bar or a club and you felt like your throat was on fire the next day, it's probably because your voice was in the wrong place. Yeah, and using your chest allows more air to pass over your vocal cords, which is going to give you the volume necessary to speak. A lot of times we hold our chest with nervous tension and we don't allow our chest to give us that air, so we strain our throat. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately why you're going to be sipping on honey tea at night. Absolutely. You know, a lot of guys, the way that we sort of used to teach this in – the way that we used to teach this in our programs is breathing from your balls, essentially using your diaphragm. And you can find your diaphragm by coughing. That's the muscle that goes crazy when you cough that forces that air out explosively. And that's why they do the hernia test and have you cough is because your diaphragm will push downwards. And if you double over an extreme pain when that happens and there's a finger in there, it means you have a hernia. Um, and that's really a very obvious way to, to find your diaphragm you want to breathe from there and not from your, like you said, in your throat. And you can use pauses to measure your cadence and reel people in. A half breath is a pause that can you be that can be used to get people to pay more attention, to really focus on what you're doing. And you should use pauses instead of filler words. So instead of saying you should use pauses uh, instead of uh, filler words, you should use pauses instead of filler words. It sounds a lot better. You sound a lot more sure of yourself. Like you're not afraid someone's going to cut in and jump in and start trampling all over you. Right. The The biggest thing is owning silence in a confident way. And I know on other podcasts we talk about the term the vacuum. But it's those people that are confident in silence that own silence that actually own the room. And if you feel the need to fill that silence or if you struggle to find words and find yourself filling silence with filler – you want to dial that back quite a bit and allow yourself to pause even mentally, right? Sometimes when we get so ahead of ourselves, we trip up over our own thoughts and then we get scrambled mentally. The pauses not only help your tonality, but they also help you mentally to slow down and less analysis while actually interacting with people is important, right? We talk about the concept of being in the moment. Mm -hmm. And if you can't allow your mind to be in the moment, your mind is racing. And now all of a sudden the words coming out of your mouth are racing. It's going to be very difficult to engage. And we've all tuned that person out who's just talking a mile a minute and just running over anything that you have to say. Mm -hmm. It's not engaging and it's certainly not going to win her heart. Absolutely. It's a huge turnoff when someone is constantly interrupting you. And that has to do with how fast you're thinking. And that's right. When people speak slowly and they embrace silence, which isn't necessarily good for talk radio if you're wondering why we're talking the way we are now. We don't do this when we converse with other people in person. It's a little bit slower. So you can really focus on that. And people who are very much, like you said, own silence, one of the words that people use to describe them is present. That's really common, and that's one of the classic sort of signs of being present is being able to be quiet and slowly talk. Now, sometimes it gets obnoxious, and you're like, dude, spit it out. I want to smack you if you're in a hurry, and they're dragging well, on. There's also the situation of over-analysis, right, where we get so in our heads. And for a lot of guys who come through the Art of Charm program, we talk about meditation and just slowing down your thoughts in general, not just when you're in the bar environment, but at, at home, right? Taking time for your mind to slow down, to unwind and unravel instead of constantly operating at 120 miles an hour. It's going to be very important. And we find that a lot of times when we use filler words, we are lacking confidence. It goes hand in hand. So cutting out those filler words is going to speak in a more dominant tone, which is endearing, which is confident. Exactly. And you touched earlier on ending pitch. An upward tone, that question tone, 
sounds like you're questioning yourself or at least what you're saying. That neutral statement tone is great. That downward commanding tone, again, not a yelling type of situation, but that downward tone is great. So if you can use the statement tone even on questions, and you don't have to do this all the time, but try to do so generally as a habit, it comes across as much more dominant. All right, let's get back to the good stuff. Uh, When I was doing trial stuff, when I was an attorney, people were deciding cases based on how sure. We had a little look inside the jury room during some of our mock trials, and one of the things that people were saying was, well, that guy seemed much more sure of himself. So basically the attorney telling the case or the witness telling the case, if he sounded more sure of the details, those were hands down the cases that won in a lot of cases. And that's a problem because if your attorney is not really confident, not really sure of themselves, or the witness speaks in a way that's not very sure of themselves because they're nervous on the stand, you can that can be interpreted as maybe dishonesty. they're not sure, maybe they're being dishonest. So so basically bad vocal tonality is a crime. But also, yeah, it can put you in jail, which is quite serious. It can put you in jail or cost you a hell of a lot of money if you don't have it down and the people that are, are on your side advocating for you don't have this down. There's essentially three voices, right, AJ, that match our interaction map? Mm-hmm. So as we go through the interaction map, we talk about banter, which is attraction, building attraction, building curiosity in someone else. We then move into building that connection and then uh, essentially going after what you want. So it's important to realize that in the banter phase, we're, we are going to uh, vary our pitch slightly, but it's going to be dynamic still, right? So it's not in a situation where we're talking all at a high pitch or all at a low pitch or being insincere, but ultimately we're allowing passion to come through our words because we need to start engaging. And the only way to do so is to add that emotional tonality. So that's what we're going to do with banter, and it conveys that we're being playful, right? A lot of times guys read the banter lines that uh, you can find on the, the website, the little cheat sheet that we give you guys, and as they're reading the lines, they're like, I don't see this working for me. They're probably reading it on a flat tonality entirely, right? So they don't allow any humor to come through in the words. But when we vary our tonality slightly, she can tell that we're not being sincere in our words, right? We're joking, which is ultimately what we're going for in the banter fades. That's how we're going to connect and hook. Then when we move into the rapport phase, we're going to start to slowly lower our pitch and become more calm, right? Now this is when we want her to know that we are being genuine and we're actually connecting. She's pulling more out of us. If we allow our tonality to be scattered in this phase, again, some of the things, the qualities that you're discussing about yourself might be seen as a joke and might not be taken seriously. So it is important then that we want to be more empathetic and slow things down a little bit more. And then obviously as we move into going for what you want, right, leading, we need the real dominant uh, – we need the real dominant tonality to come through. And that's where we're going to lower our pitch, slow it down even more, and it's going to be very masculine and allow those pauses to pull her in even more, right? Think Al Green, Barry White. It reminds me of those like McDonald's commercials with like Barry White, like mm, quarter pound of cheese, like yeah, really now low. I yeah, and I'm like, why am I getting turned on by a quarter pound of cheese? Can't even stomach that thing. Uh, so essentially, as you go down the interaction map from attraction through rapport and into seduction, and guys, if you haven't heard about the interaction map, you need to check it out. Go to the Podcast dot com slash toolbox. That's where we're gonna have 
an outline of this on a podcast and go into detail. But essentially, as you go through the phases of interaction from attraction, rapport, into intimacy or seduction, the voices drop in pitch and the resonance goes up. So the bass, right, that associated with masculinity, that goes up. It's going to be quieter and it's going to use more air over the vocal cords to get there. How do we find our seduction voice, though? So... One, we talked about moving our, our voice lower, right? Low enough that it's actually in our balls, so to speak. Yeah. Because we laugh about that. But imagine when you're eating this amazing steak and you just let out that like, mmm, like it, you feel it reverberate through your body. That's what we're going for. We're, we're going for slightly drawn out, a little bit breathy, slowly articulating what we want and in a commanding way, Right. Yeah, definitely. You, you definitely don't want to do this in a questioning way. I could, I can't really imagine it, but it you sounds super creepy. You want me to do creepy. what with what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, now remember, you can use your voice and your body language in combination to control the focus of an interaction. So if you're in a high energy environment, like a party or a club environment, um, and you know you can do this during the day as well. But an extreme example would be party or club environment. You can use this to control a group, or or maybe even more importantly. In a panic-type situation where everybody's chaotic and no one knows what to do, if you stay calm and you use calm vocal tonality, people will follow your lead because of that confidence. So this could save your life or the lives of others. But in a more practical sense for what we're talking about, in a bar or a club, you can control the focus of the interaction. So if somebody comes into your group, people that you're talking to, women that you're talking to, will look to you for cues on how to behave. So if someone's trying to rudely cut in, for example, you can raise your volume, but you stay calm and don't engage that other person, the girl you're talking to is going to follow your lead. Even if she feels like, uh-oh, it's kind of rude, there's this pull from this other person, you can sort of outframe that or, or sort of plow through that. Right, by slightly increasing your volume, not your cadence, and right. not trying to overpower him. We're just trying to continue to draw attention away from him and, and towards us. Exactly. So you're only going to want to use these if a guy's trying to be annoying and loud, not if he's being cool. Otherwise, you're just going to come across like a dick. And also, you should always want cool people to talk to you. But if somebody's trying to like plow over you because they're trying to like, hey, I brought that girl here. I'm jealous now. You can outframe that. And you know, primarily, these techniques are useful in rapport and seduction in terms of controlling the conversation with your voice and body language but you can control an entire group like this and so if somebody becomes emotionally reactive you know like if he gets upset that you're still talking to her he's going to look like a tool because you're still staying calm which is so key but how do we practice this stuff i mean we've given a lot of great tips when can guys start putting this into action i mean are we just going to be like Stuart smalley in the mirror in the morning or what well, first and foremost, as I said, record your voice, right? That's really where Jordan and I learned the most about our voice and how to control things and also how much we were using filler words to uh, to fill those empty pauses in our speech. To uh, like, fill those pauses? Uh, um, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully Jordan's cutting all of those out. Yep. <laughs> but it is really important to realize that a lot of times we can convey a lack of security in situations where we should be confident and secure. And it could be keeping you back from getting that date and maybe even a raise. So that's number one. Record yourself conversationally with a friend and try to vary the topic through the conversation. Maybe a topic you're confident about, maybe something you're, you're learning about. And you'll see very quickly how your voice itself changes, right? A lot of times the voice that we hear in our head obviously is not the voice that's projected to the world. So it is important to dial it back and realize that, oh, if I listen to a recording, now I really understand what other people are seeing and, and hearing. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you can practice this in the shower. You can practice it in the in the car. Talk to yourself if you need to. If you do those affirmations, you can do that. And you're going to yawn when you start to do this, but don't fight it. It helps stretch everything out, and it helps prepare your body to project that resonance. When you start doing this, you are going to yawn. Trust me. That's how you know you're doing it right. And like you said, AJ, practice breathing deeply. Practice lowering your voice into your chest. Put your hand on your sternum, which is uh, right between your pec muscles on your chest, and you should feel that vibrate when you speak less so right on your throat which is where most people feel it when they speak so the exercise that you gave just so guys know how to record themselves uh, sounding natural is a great way to do this is to maybe record half of a phone conversation with someone you know and you can listen to that recording pay attention to the filler words like um uh like is a real nasty one and so is also a filler word consciously become aware of those and try to eliminate them and if you edit the audio this is like extra credit if you edit the audio from that recording and you do it every week until you're satisfied with how you sound it's going to be such a pain in the ass to edit out all of those filler words that you will eventually stop doing it because and I know this from editing the show. Yeah. It's so annoying. <laughs> this is directly to, to clip, from experience. Exactly. It's so annoying to clip all those things out that eventually you will break yourself of the habit. It just you will. There's no way around it. It's far too tedious, and it's very effective to do that. Especially if you have a shitload of filler words, you're going to really want to trim those out. So start a podcast. Yeah, you can start a podcast, and if no one listens to it, it doesn't matter because you're still editing out all those filler words. The good part is if you start a podcast, there's a damn good chance that no one's going to listen to it anyways. So go ahead, knock yourself out, and don't be too embarrassed if the first few really stink. In conclusion, tonality speaks to that emotional brain. It's essentially the body language of the voice. If you can't be heard, you can't engage, right? If what you're trying to say does not actually hit their ears, you need to correct that. So that is why volume definitely plays a role in your tonality. Loud but super calm with our volume, right? So by changing the cadence, slowing things down, and using pauses instead of filler words, we can become more dominant, which conveys confidence. That's great. That's a great primer on vocal tonality. Of course, we go over a little bit more when you come in, and we can sort of tailor it to you when you come here to the Art of Charm. But otherwise, this is a great start, and I think guys can really take off with this stuff. All right, show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know at jordanh at theartofcharm.com. Boot camp details for our live programs also at theartofcharm.com, and that's where you're going to find links to us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media as well. If you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, then that needs to change. Getting our shows delivered free to your phone or computer is the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for the Art of Charm podcast or by going to theartofcharm.com slash iTunes and clicking subscribe. That's really it. And you guys can help us. Subscribe in iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Write something nice and we will love you forever. Just go to iTunes.com slash theartofcharm and it'll take you right there. When you write us a review, it not only makes us feel proud, but it helps keep us up in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily to get the credible advice that they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing products and training from us. So tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week. Go out there and get social and leave everything better than you found it.